Someone asked me tonight if they could sit on the patio with me. So we're glad that uh, she's up here uh, helping me out. And uh, we're glad that all of you are here. And we are going to try to, uh, uh, Brother Josh, I did not bring the control, so I'll have to depend on you. Is that Sister Tracy? There it is. <clears throat> but um, we started this morning uh, looking at 911 and sort of a, uh, an emergency call for divine protection and having a prayer for divine protection and uh, looked at Psalms 91 verse 1 specifically and it says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then the second verse says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. And then those first two verses, it calls on the name of the Lord four times. You know, a lot of times I, I say, I find myself talking about a lot of stuff, but I don't spend as much time talking about the Lord, how powerful Lord the Lord is. And that's why, you know, we sing the song, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name. Why? Because when we make Him bigger, <clears throat> the problems become smaller. It's like I am magnifying the Lord and I know I, I, you can overwhelm yourself and you can uh, read all of the symptoms and you know you can read all of the problems and you can read all of the situations and you can find yourself being overrun and overwhelmed or you can say you know what the Lord is great and greatly to be praised and I'm going to spend a little time giving thanks and praise and magnifying uh, the Lord. And then uh, as I mentioned to you verse 3 of Psalms 91 and verse 3 he says surely truthfully uh, not maybe not sometimes not he might but uh, David said it with faith surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler now that that word, the snare of the fowler, we know that the fowler was someone that would catch birds and oftentimes it's a type of the enemy that would lay a trap that would lay uh, something uh, that would ensnare us, you know uh, <coughs> catching a bird uh, requires some sort of a camouflage net, some kind of a you know, I guess I, I whenever I, I think of catching a bird and it, I know it shows my age but I always think of uh, all the tricks that Wiley Coyote tried to do to catch uh, the Roadrunner, and he would order the all the supplies from Acme, and and he would, you know, have the bird seed. And I, anyway, y'all, you, I'm sorry, you don't understand that. Those of you who are not in my generation, but that was it. You know, catching a bird—it's not an easy trick, and yet. The enemy is, is cunning and the enemy knows how to set a trap. 
and the enemy knows how to, you know, get us in a place of being vulnerable and in a place of, of, of being under the pressure and knows how to, you know, well, I can't get you this way, I'll get you that way. And if I can't attack your mind that way and your heart this way, then if I pull this string, that, you know, and, and that's what, of course, he tried with Job and he tried, you know, it's like, all right, well, if he's not going to curse you with the, the, you know, with the loss of his camels, well, we'll lose his servants. And if that doesn't make him, then the loss of his children or, you know, the loss of his health, something to try to stop me from praising the Lord and from worshiping God. And so he said here uh, that I will, I will stop, deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and then from the noisome pestilence. And that word noisome in, in, uh, uh, in the Hebrew is hava, and it means an engulfing uh, perversity or calamity. And I, I guess we're living with a noisome Amen. pestilence right now. Amen. I mean, it's engulfing. It's everywhere. You know, and, and, and everywhere you go. And, and I, you know, I'm not going to uh, ask you to, uh, <clears throat> you know, be real, but I, I, I doubt where the, whether there's someone online or in our church that would say, well, I'd like to have another month of this or another week of this. I think we all feel like I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm wore out. It, it has been engulfing. It has taken over. It, it's taken over everything. It's taken over every aspect. I was talking to the Calhouns and, and then, and they were talking or they had a, were able to get away a few days and, and they were, they went down to, uh, down to Disney and, and she said it's not the same. There are people there telling the children, you know, make sure your mask is above your nose. And you know, here you are in an outside, outdoor park, and and they don't have parades. And what are you saying? I'm saying it's a noisome, engulfing pestilence that has overrun. And and I, you know, what's going to happen to the stock market, and what's going to happen to the economy, and what's going to happen to the restaurants, and what's going to happen to the churches? And and guess what? I, Nobody knows except the Lord. Amen. But I want to tell you something. 6,000 years ago, the Lord knew coronavirus was going to come. And he's not been caught out of, you know, David wrote about this noisome pestilence uh, and, and, and plague or murrain and what the cattle get. And when you look then at another 911, Ecclesiastes 911. It was another, all of a sudden, 911. I put it in blue. You can't hardly see it on the slide. But it's Ecclesiastes 9, 11 and 12. Another 911 call. I guess this was, it goes along with it. Uh, here was Solomon who wrote, and we just went through this with the hyphen group, and we're looking at all these chapters. One of the, the richest men, one of the smartest men, one of 
of the most wealthy men in the, ever lived and all this and, and he was saying you know nothing under the sun satisfies and, and here he wrote in the 11th verse I returned and saw then the phrase under the sun that the race is not to the swift the battle to the strong the bread to the wise nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill but time and chance happeneth to them all now that phrase time and chance when you look at it in the Hebrew (laughs) it means that you know that just things happen it's not always the smartest that gets the best job it's not always the fastest that wins a race turtle in the hair it's not always the best that get and we go well time and chance happeneth but guess who controls time and chance chance. (laughs) oh when the bible uses the phrase in the fullness of time You know what that means? It's that same phrase that's right here. Time and chance happeneth to them all. What are you saying? The Lord is lining all this stuff up to be the perfect time, whether it's for the Antichrist, whether it's for a one world government. Don't think that this is just, wow, I can't believe it. It must be just that we hit the 20s. It is, let me tell you, this is not out of the time and chance that the Lord knows what's going on. As a fact, in the 12th verse, and it says for man also knoweth not the times as the fish are taken in an evil net and the birds are caught in a snare so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them not the sons of God but you know what's happening to this entire world That's why when David said, I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. I want to tell you, while the snare of fear and anxiety and and frustration and depression is gripping this entire planet, the sons of God, as John said, beloved, now am I the son of God and it doth not yet appear what I shall be. We don't have to be caught in this web of fear and anxiety. We have been delivered from the snare of the fowler. When, when Solomon wrote, he said, like you catch fish in a net. You know, they're just swimming along. And I know, that's what the world, we were just kind of swimming along. And the economy's great, and this is great, and that's great. And, and oh, I'm doing fine, and I, oh, you know, I haven't. Bam! COVID hits. Yes. And all of a sudden, you're just caught. Uh-huh. And you know, you can say, well, pastor, the church, you know, the church just got blasted, got hit with it all. I, I, I get it. 
But let me tell you, it's not a snare of the fowler. Right. <laughs> Don't think for a moment that this thing is bigger than the will of God and the power of Almighty God. It's not at all. Now, it might happen for the sons of men that are snared in the evil time, but now are we the sons of God? This does not have to destroy our thoughts. This does not have to destroy us at all. In fact, the fourth verse, he goes on and he says, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler <laughs> you know where the feathers of God were all of you that are here on Sunday night that have gone through the tabernacle and know huh? the ark of the covenant and the two archangels that spread their feathers over what is commonly called the mercy seat of God. Oh, what are you saying? When, when I don't know where else to go, I find my Lord, let me go under the mercy seat. Oh, that's why the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly into His presence <laughs> under the throne of grace. That's another word for the mercy seat. At the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What are you saying? I am saying that we have a shelter in the storm. Whenever the wind blows, whenever the bottom drops out, when the doctors say there's nothing else we can do, I can run to the mercy seat. I can throw myself under the feathers of Almighty God and say, God, I, this is all in your hands. Say, so I, I don't know. The mercy seat, we know. You know, studying the tabernacle covered three of the greatest sins that Israel ever committed were in the box. The rod, the bowl of manna, the broken tablets, those three sins. And yet, they were covered by the feathers of Almighty God. That's why when, when Paul said, Come in boldly into where? Into the presence of God. No, but to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Oh, I, I don't know about you, but over and over and over again, I have felt just, Lord, we need your mercy. We need your grace. I want to be covered by your feathers. I want your, your feathers to, you know, Jesus himself sold, he told Israel, he said, I've tried to gather you like a mother hen would gather her chicks. What do you say? Oh, what a privilege it is for whether once or twice or three times a week to log on and feel the Shekinah of Almighty God or come into His presence and feel Him hovering over us and the protecting power of Almighty God if it's just for an hour. I don't know how else you can make it. I don't know where else you're going to find that peace. Where else you're going to find the joy. Where else you're going to find that sense of, you know, it's going to be alright. When he said, I, he shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. The shield was a large piece of metal shield that protected the entire body. A buckler was a small 
round, usually portable shield that you could use in battle to defend off a blow. But the shields were usually where whenever they would come together, the Roman armies and other armies, and they would build a wall to protect them from bows and arrows and arrows that would come in. That, you know, those attacks that happen out of nowhere. Oh, yes. You ever felt any of those? Like all of a sudden it starts raining down problem, one arrow after another. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever felt like you're in hand-to-hand -hand combat? The Lord said Dave, through David, he'll be my shield and buckler. What are you saying back in Ephesians? It says above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I know Brother Gastineau told me the other, I think it was this morning, he said we've been praying that you will, you know, that you'll be protected from the fiery darts. I want to tell you, in this hour, we're all getting bombarded with thoughts and emotions and feelings. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord is my shield and my buckler. I can find refuge under His feathers. Oh, Psalms, the ninety-first chapter, verses five and six. Then thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Ever had terrors at night? Wake up, mind racing, lay down to go to bed, can't shut it off. What's going to happen? What's going to take place? Huh? Terrors at night. Not going to be afraid of the terrors at night nor the arrows that fly by day, you know, just those silent, all of a sudden, you know, daylight, and you're walking down, and BAM! You get hit with a thought. Nor of the pestilence, there's that word again, that walks in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. <laughs> Night, Day, darkness, noontime, day, night, morning, evening, 24, 7, nothing shall shake me because I have found the emergency line to say in Jesus' name, I need your strength, I need your presence, I need your help, I've got an emergency phone line into the throne of grace, what a privilege! You say, oh, I, I, I feel, you don't know. And I, I've had people say, well, I don't know what to do. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't want to bother you, Pastor. No, call 911. Read the 91st Psalm. Get up out of your bed and read it and proclaim it. Walk around your bedroom. Go into your prayer closet. What are you doing? I'm calling 911. This is an emergency. This is a night terror. Oh, well, I can't find you. I can't get a hold of you. It's noon. It's no midnight. It's 11. I you know what? Jesus is on the phone 24 7. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Hallelujah. 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 I know. You know, night terrors. 
Uh, Psalms 121 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes where? The from the Lord, which hath made heaven and earth. He's the creator. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will never slumber. Behold, he that keepeth thee shall neither slumber nor sleep. I don't care. I don't care if your wife's not up, your husband's not up, your children. God's not sleeping while you're going through whatever you're going through. <laughs> Night terrors, I said. Unexpected attacks from out of nowhere. These arrows, diseases that attack at night. You know, that's usually when you're alone and vulnerable. Ravaging disease that comes from my strength. And he made the statement, you know, the destruction that wasteth at noonday. That's a, that means that in a time of strength, that means the destruction that happens when you should be strong. You know, and, and I, you know, you, you get online and it says 30-somethings and 40-something-year-olds are getting hit with COVID and they're trying to figure out, did they produce antibodies and what? I want to tell you, this is real. But I want you to know, it doesn't matter what, it, what the doctors have said, there is a place of refuge. Oh, hallelujah. Romans, the 15th chapter, says, Now the God of peace be with you all. In the 16th chapter, he said, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. <laughs> the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Notice how he referred to him as the God of peace. What do you say? That in this time of turmoil, and in this time of tribulation, and in this time of problems, I am glad we could have the God of peace that can get a hold of our mind, the Prince of Peace. You say, but... I'm just overwhelmed. You know what? Ask the God of peace to be with you. I was thinking when I was studying this and writing it about Judges, the sixth chapter. And some of you remember the story. Probably most of you that are here on a Sunday night. The Midianites were coming down and they were raiding Israel and they were stealing their grain and for ourselves and so the Israelites were trying to figure out how do we do this to you know so when they come they won't get it all and one guy by the name of Gideon found a little cave that he could get in and he couldn't get the big grinding oxen and stone because they could find it so he was rubbing it with his hands to break the husks off. He wasn't out there in the wind throwing it up and doing that, winnowing it. He, he was rubbing it with his hands. And the Bible uses the phrase, the angel of the Lord. And it uses a little a, a little a. And when you read that, <clears throat> the angel of the Lord... It's not the same as the capital A angel that wrestled with Jacob. What it means is that Gideon 
viewed this as just another guy. He didn't know it was a guy from the Lord. He didn't think of it as being a theophany, that it was God. But it was the angel of the Lord. And I'll show you that in the Bible. You'll read in the 12th verse, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. So this man appears to Gideon, who's in this cave, rubbing grain. And the man says, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. I'm hiding from the Midianites. You've been out in the sun too long. It's kind of amazing. God sees us not like we see ourselves. Sees who we can be even though we may not be there yet. And Gideon did... I did what Gideon has done. I've done it more than once. Maybe you've never been guilty of it. But when I felt like, you know, somebody said, well, the Lord is with you. <laughs> you know what Gideon said? Uh, do you see what we're going through right now? I don't know where you're from, but if God's with us, why are we going through what we're going through right now? Why has this befallen us? And he doesn't stop there. But he goes a little further and he says, Well, where are all the miracles that I've been hearing preached about? Oh yeah, revival. Oh yeah, there's going to be people healed. Oh yeah, you're going to pray a prayer of faith. Where is that right now? I know, you will tell me about, well, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. They had revival way back then. People were healed then. God had the dead get up then. This church has seen the dead rise. Yes, yes. Brother Clark, I can go through several now. Huh? Brother Galoni, you, you follow what I'm saying? Where are those miracles, Lord? Well, though. And then he goes as far as to say, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us under the hand of the Midianites. Now, this is in the 12th through the 14th verses. And the Lord looked at him. And now God's talking. And he said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt be set, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? I will tell you, you can criticize Gideon all you want, but Gideon kind of did probably what we would have done if somebody would told us that. And he starts this whole little, you can read it in the sixth chapter, I didn't put it all in there, I knew my time. But he, he decides to say, okay, well, I need a sign. I mean, you great, 
Praise the Lord. Tell me. God's going to be with you. You look like a man. I don't... A woe man. <laughs> but a mankind nonetheless. Not God in flesh. So, here it is. You told me it's going to be alright. Show me a sign. And they go through this whole elaborate process of doing a sacrifice and laying it on the coals and having cakes and all that. Go ahead to the next slide. And Gideon says, Oh my Lord, how am I going to save Israel? My family is poor. I'm the least in my father's house. Surely you said unto me, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt spite the many nights as one man. I don't know if I believe all of that. You keep reading, he goes through all of this, and he says, put this sacrifice on these coals, and the angel of the Lord, verse 21, took his staff, and he touches the end of the staff to this sacrifice of flesh and unleavened cakes. And these rocks, all of a sudden, burst into flames and they burn up the sacrifice and whew, the angel is gone. Verse 22. Next slide. Then Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord. Before this, he thought it was just some guy talking to him. But when he saw this miracle, then he realized, this guy must be telling me. And he says, alas, O Lord God, because I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Now, the rocks are going to burn me up. Because I wasn't treating this guy with respect. And what did the Lord say to him? Peace be unto thee. Fear not. Thou shalt not die. And we know the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story. It didn't stop there. What Brother Roger said was what exactly what happened. The Lord then made him whittle his army down from 30,000 to 10,000 to 300, huh? So that it would be impossible for Gideon to have victory without God. But what am I telling you? If God be with us, if God be for us, the peace of God should rest on our hearts and minds in this hour.
we're not going through this alone. We're not out here struggling alone. God knows where we are. He is my shield. He is my buckler. I'm going to find a place to get under his feathers. What are you saying? I'm saying, Lord, we need your presence. And the Bible says Gideon's 300 army ended up routing all the Midianites. What are you telling me? I'm telling you that when you, I don't care where you get the word when you proclaim it. God, I'm standing on your word. You're going to make it somehow. We're going to make it through it. You're going to touch. You're going to heal. You're going to deliver. It doesn't matter. God is able. I know we're facing impossible situations with Sister Rogers, with some of the others. In fact, I just... I, I, I'll finish. I don't know Wednesday night, next Sunday. I don't know when, but nine one one. I want us though to stand, and I want us just to recognize. David said it like this in the next verse: "A thousand shall fall on one side, ten thousand on the other." But it shall not come nigh unto thee. Only with thine eyes thou shalt behold and see the reward of the wicked. I want to tell you something. And I, 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 I talked with Hyphen. We did the whole book of Revelation. And I'm telling you, it's heavy. It's a heavy book. It's, it's not easy. And you get past chapter 4, 5, and the Lamb opens it up. And you hit about chapter 6 and it gets gruesome. But you know what we're seeing right now? The reward of the wicked. Who do you turn to? Who do you believe? Oh, well we're going to have a vaccination. Ah. Sister Costa told us for the Philip being in the military probably will be one of the first ones to be required to take it as a guinea pig one of our young men why because wherever he's deployed they've got to have a fighting army that's vaccinated what's it going to do to him i don't know but there is a shelter that we can run to oh the vaccine will save the airline industry. I don't know if it will. I don't know if the airline industry is worth saving. But you know what I do know? There is a place of refuge for us right now. In an impossible situation what Gideon was said, was told, was that somehow let the you're going to live and not die. Now Gideon died. But you know what? That battle didn't take him. Now what are you saying, Pastor? You trying to have a cop out? No. If you're a child of God, you go to sleep. You wake up in the New Jerusalem. This is not going to destroy the church. There's going to be some alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. 